Good evening. I have a question for everyone. Do you have something that you think satisfies you? You know, I, I know there's a bunch of things that, that make us happy, but um, do, do you have anything that actually satisfies you? You know, everyone has something that, that they want or something that they can do that, that supposedly brings satisfaction to them. You know, is it the new iPhone that's coming out pretty, pretty soon? Uh, is it playing golf on Sunday afternoon after church or, or making the winning touchdown in your high school football game? You know, for the little kids, is it playing a video game and getting a high score? You know, that, that's just the coolest thing for them. You know, for people like me, is it catching a big fish, you know, while you're going fishing or, or bagging a big buck when you go hunting? You know, just all these different things, supposedly they satisfy us, but in actuality, they really don't. I mean, they make us happy and all, but, but I mean, you have to agree with me. We always want to, to do just that much better or, or just go the next step. We, we can never be fully satisfied. And, you know, you may ask, well, what about money? You know, if I get all the money in the world, can I be satisfied? The answer is no. I mean, even the richest person in the world is not truly satisfied because they're always going to want just that little bit more. So, uh, so here on earth, you know, the, about the closest thing to true satisfaction that we have is, is having a full stomach. You know, food is a necessity to life, and without it and without water, we obviously will die. So, I mean, you see those kids on TV, they, uh, they're on those commercials, they're, they say they're starving, and, you know, it makes their day just to have like a bowl of porridge or a bowl of oatmeal or something like that. And, and that's about as satisfied as, as they will be on this earth. But uh, I, I kind of want to tell you a story about being hungry. And uh, it's one of my friends. His name's Tristan. He's from Nashville. And uh, he went to, uh, to Berlin one time. And he was on this train. And, uh, and they got to the, the train station. They had to transfer. So uh, they get around. And they stand around. Well, they figure out they took the wrong train. So they're sitting there trying to figure out what they're going to do. And uh, they have no money. They have no food. And so they're like, man, we could be in some serious trouble because, I mean, they're in a foreign country. Very few people speak English, and, you know, they're, they're going to be hungry in a few days. So they sit down, and they try to figure out what they're going to do. And, uh, and luckily, this lady comes over to them, and, and she noticed um, they'd been sitting on this bench for, you know, three or four hours. And she, uh, she asked them, you know, do you all have a place to stay, or, you know, what are you all doing? I've noticed you've been here a long time. And... <clears throat> And they're like, uh, well, no, ma'am, we've, uh, we've lost all of our money, or we've used all of our money, and we have no food, and we don't know where we're at. And she was like, well, hold on a minute. So she goes over to her other friend. I guess she lived in this town. And uh, she's spoken their language, and she comes back. And she's like, okay, y'all need to come with me. So to make a long story short, they ended up going home with this lady, and she provided everything they needed. She gave them the biggest feast they could imagine and uh and Tristan he was telling me about this and he was just saying how amazing it was to to feel full again because he thought he was going to have to go you know be hungry or go without food for a while and uh in, in the end they ended up getting back and uh and it turned out for the better but um I, I wanted to tell you that story and, and kind of relate it to us as Christians you know we, we've all before we were baptized and brought up in the church and, and things like that, we were kind of in the same situation. We were, um, 
you know, every once in a while introduced to food, and we, we could eat and, and things like that spiritually. You know, that's when we came to church. But we were never fully satisfied. We never had a full stomach. And, uh, you know, we were literally starving for salvation. And, you know, when you became old enough to understand right from wrong uh, and you became a Christian, then uh, Jesus, he, he filled your stomach. And, and he took us in spiritually and he fed us. And he did this as long as we, uh, as we obeyed him and, and respected his authority and uh, obeyed his commandments. And, you know, becoming a Christian and being part of the, the church, it, it really does truly produce true satisfaction. I mean, I'm not talking about coming to church and, and singing and listening to the lesson, but the end result results in true satisfaction. I mean, Jesus, he, he does satisfy, in the end, a person's heart. And, I mean, we're always, like I said, wanting more, wanting better. But with Jesus and with God and, and just becoming a Christian, you can't get any better. They, that just tops the chart you can't get any better so uh, in John chapter 6 verse 35 we can see that and, and we're assured of this Jesus said to them I am the bread of life whomever whoever comes to me shall not hunger and whoever believes in me shall never thirst so obviously we've been told by Jesus that if we come to him and we keep his commandments you know we'll never go hungry and that's spiritually speaking and uh kind of taking this from Steve's lesson this morning, he went through the six steps of salvation. Like through the New Testament, we're given that. So we, we have the way to, to reach um, being satisfied. So as long as we follow that and, and we just try and live our lives as, as a Christian should, then uh, we'll forever be satisfied and truly satisfied in, uh, in heaven. And... To go on further, in Luke chapter 6, verse 21, we can read, Blessed are you who are hungry now, for you shall be satisfied. Blessed are you who weep now, for you shall laugh. And then in Matthew chapter 5, verse 6, it says, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be satisfied. So clearly, here's three good examples in the Bible that we're assured that as long as we live for God and we become Christians, we're baptized and, and we live faithfully, that we will have true satisfaction in the end. Now, you may be thinking, well, you know, it, it's easy. Well, it's not that easy. Because unlike worldly things where you have a warranty on it and, and if it breaks or whatnot, you, you can take it back and start all over and get a new one. Well, being a Christian, it has, like, as long as you, when you're a Christian, as long as you obey God and you keep His commandments, there is a satisfaction guaranteed lifetime warranty because you can, I know that's kind of corny, but as long as you want to serve God and you try to live faithfully, like if you mess up and, and sin, which we all do, you can come back and, and start all over again. So um, I would like to read, once again, Revelation seven fifteen through 17. It says, Therefore, there before the throne of God, and serve him day and night in his temple. And he who sits on the throne will dwell among them. They shall neither hunger nor thirst any more. The sun shall not strike them nor any heat. For the Lamb who is in the midst of the throne will shepherd them and lead them to living fountains of waters. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. So what I took from that was that is the ultimate. Uh, it, it's kind of like a picture of 
God and His children up in heaven after judgment. That's kind of how I took it. And it talks about, um, uh, let's see, what was it? The sun shall not strike them nor any heat. So we're going to be away from sin, away from harm to us. And, and that's just true satisfaction. So clearly, becoming a Christian and devoting your life to Jesus is going to it result in you being satisfied in the end. If you'd like to mark in your hymn books, the invitation song is number 50. Number 50. You guys ever gone to a family's house or a friend's house and, and you try to determine, boy, I've been here a long time. Are they tired of me being here? When should I determine when I should leave? Or, have you ever had somebody come to your house and visit and visit and visit and you're not quite sure how to tell them how to leave? Yeah, we have. In the Middle East, they solved that problem. In the Middle East, if you, a, a, a guest comes in, even a stranger, they're offered a cup, and the cup is filled up, and they drink it. And if they're fine with the guest, they'll fill it up again. And they'll drink it. If they don't fill it up, that means it's time to go. And that's their signal. But sometimes there's a guest that comes in. It's a very special guest. All right? They want them there. They're fine with them being there. And they want them there a long time. So they'll come up. They'll take a picture. They'll fill up their cup. I'm missing out. I'll clean it up, okay? Oh, that's way. I'm sorry. Anyway, they let it overflow. All right? And that's how they know. That's telling that guest, you are very, very special. You can stay as long as you want. And think about that, how God's blessings overflow. Do they not, church? They overflow. They're abundant. Think about God's blessings. Think about the hope. Notice Romans chapter 15 and verse 13. May the God of hope Fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in Him so that you may overflow with hope. Overflowing in hope. Think about the blessings that God gives us that are overflowing. What about love? In 1 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 12 we read, May the Lord make your love increase and overflow. What about joy? In John chapter 16 and verse 24, uh, Jesus said, Asking, Ask using my name. And you will receive, and your cup of joy will overflow. The blessing, Jesus not just, He only fills, not only fills our cup, it fills to overflowing. That's how, I mean, that's how we are blessed, truly blessed as Christians. So that we have this cup, and this cup is overflowing, what do we do with it? That Jesus is blessing us with. We should take our overflowing cup and share with others. And share the good news with others. I ask you, are you a Christian? I'm not going to rehash everything we talked about this morning. Jacob mentioned it a little bit. But are you a Christian? Are you, have you obeyed the gospel initially? Repenting of your sins. Confessing the name of Jesus. Being baptized for the remission of your sins. Have you done that? 
from uh, what was read from Jack read uh, Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Blessed us with every spirit. Those blessings overflow as you read that. Of hope, of love, of joy, of grace, of salvation, and on and on and on. But in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 7 and verse 8 that Caleb read, In Him that is in Jesus, in Him we have redemption through His blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of His grace, which He made to abound toward us in all wisdom and prudence. That's the, that's the blessings that Jesus gives us, that the Father gives us. They're overflowing that they give us because of the blood that Jesus shed and that we can have the forgiveness of sins. When you become a Christian tonight, I mean, really think about that right now. If you're, if you're not a Christian, are you, do you really have hope? And yeah, you may be, there may be some happiness in your life, but as you look down the road, is there true happiness awaiting and joy waiting? Experience, to, be, to become a Christian is to experience the ultimate in love. Because when you become a Christian, you say, Jesus, I do believe you died for me. I do believe you love me that much. Let me at least try to love you back a little bit and obey your word and become a Christian. But after you become a Christian... That cup is overflowing. Well, what if you drop the cup? What if it, I'm not going to have a glass cup, so I'm not going to do that. But spiritually speaking, what if you dropped it? I think there's one of two things, right? If you drop your cup, then you've got a mess. And you just walk away and leave the mess. Or you can pick the cup back up and let Jesus start filling it again. You know, after we become a Christian... We can fall away. We can lose our soul to the devil, even as a Christian, if we don't follow always and remain faithful always to the written word and to Jesus. So the, so the invitation now is to you as we take out our songbooks and sing, if you have a need tonight, won't you please let us help you in any way we can, spiritually speaking, as we stand and sing.